So welcome to the Fantasy Kickabout first official podcast. To give you an insight into the idea of the podcast, it's basically a bunch of football fans who are brought together via the Fantasy Premier League game and a WhatsApp group. We'll be discussing, of course, our debatable fantasy football managerial decisions, uh, the latest at our clubs and other clubs, selecting X11s, um, quizzes and much more. So on the opening weekend, please welcome to the podcast, David O'Hara, a.k.a. O'Hara, a Liverpool fan who finished fourth in his debut season of the Fantasy Kickabout League. Um, next up, we have David Dent, a.k.a. David, a United fan making his debut in the league and who captained Son when hitting four goals past Southampton back in game week two. But don't ask him what his current league position is. And our third guest on the first podcast is Dunica McCormick, a scouser without the accent and a manager of the Munt winner last season. Yes, our league is better than yours with monthly prizes. And finally, myself, Gary Quinn, the organiser of the Fantasy League for the gang and whom never seems to win anything at the game, like can't even get my captain right. So you're all very welcome to the first episode of the Fantasy Kickabout podcast a fan's perspective of the beautiful game. Um, so guys, welcome to the uh, Fantasy Kickabout, uh, lads. Um, and I guess there's probably only, only one place to, to start this week. Um, solid win for Man United, thanks to this man oh, behind me over my shoulder here. Um, and obviously the Liverpool's first defeat in almost four years. Um, Donaga, do you want to let me let us know got, how you're, how you're feeling? We got trouble. Um, I'm wearing an old school Liverpool t-shirt or jersey to represent the times when we were rubbish, and it seems those times have reappeared. We're uh, I'm I'm not a fan who loses the run of himself over a bad result or even a bad performance. Fans are, tend to be fickle in the 21st century, and I try and avoid that. But we're in big trouble. <clears throat> there's 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 no confidence through the front three, and I never thought I'd say that in their careers. Um, at Anfield, we're in seriously um, poor run of form. I think we're 16th in the form table. Cannot buy a goal. We keep running into keepers having great games, but that's nothing new at Anfield. Um, yeah, like Burnley was just one of those. The longer the game went on, the more it felt like we're going to concede something here. We're going to concede something stupid, and it turned out it was. Um, obviously, with the late penalty, and whereas last season, even if that late penalty went in, I would have believed that we'd at least get a draw out of it. As soon as the goal goes in on eighty-two minutes you know the game's over. Um, so, yeah, big trouble. Like, title race talk for Liverpool fans right now is, um, that's that's wishful thinking. Right now, we've got to sort of get back some momentum and get back in the top four race. Yeah. Do you find that bizarre, um, O'Hara, that so many Liverpool fans, and, and just fans around the, around the world, like, that's Liverpool gone. I remember even hearing on News Talk and that the lads were, were, were saying that's, that's Liverpool gone since the drop points, obviously, against United or drew with United. Um, do you think they're out of the title race? As a United fan, I personally don't think so because we're only at the halfway stage. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, that's that's entirely my thinking behind it as well. Like, 
our game last night was our 19th. So, like, that's exactly halfway, you know, and we're only six points off the top. Like, literally, in the immediate aftermath of the match last night, like, I could barely speak. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was horrendous to watch. Like, so many of them, they just looked like they forgot how to play. Like, it was like, I, I was talking to someone, it was like in Space Jam where like all of them have their powers taken from them from the aliens like it's like, <laughs> it's like they just have no idea how to play football anymore which it's so like i think trent put in about 18 or 20 crosses and none of them got to a liverpool player um so it is very worrying at the moment but as i said it, it's only six points and literally another entire half of the season to go so it's worrying at the moment, but I think once we get back into form, literally once we score, once we score a, sc- score a goal, and then the momentum starts building again. Like City, I think City, City have won about six in a row now. Once we get it back into form, we could easily go six, seven, eight in a row and be back up in the reckoning again. So it was really tough to watch now the last couple of games. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule us out of, of winning the title again. Dave, would you rule Liverpool out of the, the title race? Um, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't drill them out. Um, you know, listen, the, this this season is going to be far, far tougher for everybody. You know, um, Liverpool aren't. Uh, we were saying before the before we recorded. You know, the the level that they were that they were operating at is just not not human. It's not sustainable. You can't do that for uh, in in the long term. You know, something something has to give and. You know they've gotten a couple of injuries and uh, and they've lost a bit of momentum. I'd like to uh, I'd like to to see them <laughs> not 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 out with the title race, but just stay hovering where they are at the moment. You know, within a couple of points. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't like them to see them go out of the race completely because that's kind of been the buzz of it as a United fan is that this time last year we were thirty points behind uh, Liverpool and. And now now we're six point clear and, you know, but there's a race on, you know, rather than, you know, it being a dead rubber, even if it is about pride and even if it is about rivalry and everything else, you know, it's a last this time last year was a dead rubber. It was about it was about wanting to be the first team to beat Liverpool. And, uh, you know, it's 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 nice for it to be different um, a year on. But uh, you know, all, all they need is to, to get a couple of goals and uh, breathe a little bit of confidence back into the side, and uh, you better believe they'll be back at it. But like City are the team to watch; like their their form is just super. And like if you're comparing the two, like Liverpool to City now, they're like chalk and cheese. So, um, I think City are City are hitting their stride just at the right time. Yeah, and um, I know Gary Neville mentioned uh, the other day about when he was playing in Man United teams, they could never kind of get over the line in, in the fourth season. Um, would the Liverpool guys, would you kind of look along those lines and say Liverpool are quite similar in the sense that they've performed at such a high level, as, as they've said for the last three, four years, that they've kind of hit a wall at this stage and almost need to regroup, refresh and go again, whether that's new signings. Obviously, it's ridiculous to even mention Clop and being sacked in the same sentence, but you do have fans that are a bit probably deluded out there that are suggesting suggesting things like that. Yeah, I think people talking about Klopp being sacked are 
morons. Like that's that's ridiculous. Like yes, it's worrying to watch it at the moment, but it's a run of five games where like you know we've been to two Champions League finals in the last three years. We got ninety-seven points and then won the league last year with ninety-nine points. Like it's insane to be thinking that Klopp <laughs> now after five games of poor results isn't the man for the job. Um, it is. It, I was. I saw during the week. Um, Carragher was saying something about that. Like it's like in terms of a front three. Like this is our front three's fourth season in a row together. Where, if you think of any of the kind of famous front threes over the years, like say you know Messi, Suarez, and Neymar, or players like that, or even going back to the likes of like Tevez, Ronaldo, and Rooney, like those trios were only together for two or three seasons. So, yeah, like you said, it, it could be that they're just going a bit stale. It's it's mad to say because they're just such phenomenal players. But, like, it, it's, yeah, they look a bit devoid of ideas the last little while, which is such a pity then because Jota was, was perfect to be then kind of fitting into it. And if one of them was a bit off form, like when people were questioning whether he should be starting over Firmino, that was purely just because Firmino was looking a little bit stale. But Jota came in like this breath of fresh air. Um, so like, yeah, like with Jota being out injured these last couple of weeks, that's hurt us massively because I think he would have made a massive difference. Yeah. I'm being yeah. lazy here, lads. What what's what's the situation with Jota? He he's apparently back it, when it was when he got injured, which I think was early December. It was like early February. Um Klopp was asked during the week what the story is with him, and apparently it's still a couple of weeks off. So it won't be like say Next week, February, it'll be a few weeks into February, apparently. Right. He's, he's obviously a huge loss. And we were chatting, obviously, before in, in the group saying if he had still been playing, but if he wasn't injured at the moment, he would have been potentially one of the signings of the season, if not the sign of the season. Do you think, Jonica, do you think Liverpool will jump into the, the market maybe to. No, we can't. A defender or a striker or. It's totally emphatic from from what you hear from Klopp even today in the press conference. You know he's he's gone on the defensive. I don't make the decisions. I you know we can talk about players, we can talk about money, but I don't I don't make decisions. I don't run the business. So I I wouldn't necessarily um, represent that as some sort of shot that Klopp has taken at FSG. I think I think it's just the reality of the situation. I don't expect any new faces. Um, I expect there potentially to be an outgoing. Maybe Divock Origi might go to Leipzig or there's a few clubs involved. But I think um, Liverpool's situation now, it's clear that this is the most difficult time that Klopp has had, um, certainly in his Liverpool tenure. Not as bad as the last days in Dortmund. Like The thing that really worries me is, it might. I, I really hope it's not a case of history repeating itself, and it is only five games, but Dortmund suffered an emotional hangover from Klopp is an emotional manager, arguably the most emotionally driven manager in the league in terms of players are willing to just go that extra mile for him. And for any kind of sport or any kind of level of emotional intensity, that battery does drain after a while. Like these guys have been to Kiev and, you know, had the the Salah injury and came over, overcame the adversity and then Bale's world, you know, they go again, they get 97 points. They don't win the league. They, they have that magical night in Barcelona. And I think, I think just everything, just that pitch to that pitch married with the fact that now you're the league champions 
and everybody wants you. It's United had this for a generation. Every team was worth 5% more against United than anyone else because of wanting to beat them. And it's, it's a serious problem. Like we talk about Jota, it's incredible to think that Jota um, is so pivotal, pivotal to us now. Um, it's it just, he's clinical. He, is, he doesn't miss chances. He is an absolute dead eye. And <clears throat> I didn't see it coming. Um, and I agree if he hadn't got injured like you've got to call you've got to call it what it is Klopp is still the best manager in the world but that night in Copenhagen he made a huge error of judgment most like 99 times out of 100 Jota plays that game and he doesn't get injured but there was just no need there was nothing to gain from that game whatsoever um, and and we find ourselves in a really tough spot now yeah Um Obviously, as as a United fan, I think Dave will agree. And, and you mentioned earlier, it would be nice to see Liverpool for us kind of hovering where, where they are. But like without a doubt, they're they're going to bounce back. That's that's what all good teams do. They they, they bounce back. And I know there's a bit of banter and a bit of slagging going on in the in the WhatsApp group last night. But I think deep down, everyone knows that Liverpool will bounce back. Um, yeah, and I, like I I think that too. I, I don't want to sound downcast or, or you know be an alarmist or catastrophizing at all. Like we're still going to make the top four. I'm so confident of that. But and and I still think there is a title race to be run with this team. But it's got to change. Like there's like Sunday now becomes enormous. Not for what what it is. Not for the FA Cup, but just to go in against a really good side and go and beat them. Um, Sunday's now. Now you will get onto it. But now you play your best eleven on Sunday. In my opinion, if I'm Klopp, front three are starting. It's a shame for uh, Minamino that he may not start as a result of this, but we have to win. Yeah, and before we get on to, obviously, the Liverpool-United game on Sunday, um, take our minds back to Craven Cottage um, earlier on in the week. Pogba came up with the, with the goods. Um, Davey, in the, the field of keep Pogba, get rid of him in the summer. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? It's, it's such a... The, the topic of Pogba is just a fucking head wreck. Um, <laughs> like, the thing is, um, uh, this is all he wanted from Pogba for four years. All I wanted was for him to apply himself. All I wanted was for him to, to work hard. Um, you know, and he's done that since probably the middle of December. And, you know, last night was, I'm oh, sorry, um, Tuesday at Craven Cottage was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever night. At Craven Cottage, like it was another tough game, another game where Bruno shouldn't have been playing, but he was there and he was knackered still. Um, and you know he's Pogba's stepping up and doing what, doing what what we're missing from from Bruno at the moment. Um, listen, if if you got this from him and you knew you were going to get this from him every week or at least knowing that he was applying himself 100% every week, you'd keep him. Of course you would. Um, I don't know for sure, is he playing for a move? Really, at the moment, I don't care. But is he playing for a move? Or, you know, is Rayola going to come out and say something in March or April and start feeding fuel to the fire and um, yeah, it becomes a fucking circus again? Um like if he keeps going the way he's going, I'm happy to keep him. But um, you never know. But what a finish! What a fucking finish! You know, he he was, it just came out of nowhere, and 
you know, he he played well all night, you know. So, um, yeah. Did you see? Um, did you see the footage taken from the stand on a, on a mobile? Oh, so for whatever he... reason, it just whatever reason in Craven Cottage, they, they just didn't have a TV camera behind them. But a fan it wasn't fan footage, obviously. It was someone in uh, one of the subs or whatever. But just the 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 ball moves a good four or five feet, and just straight like Ariola has no chance. Like he's Pogba is Pogba is world class. Like the talent is like he is a generational talent. Um, albeit wrapped up in in so much nonsense and controversy and and not even the fun kind of controversy like controversial like like he's always got a new haircut or he's peddling some new brand not even like a not even like a, a renegade or, or a pogba emoji like fuck. yeah like it's not even a fun kind of loose cannon you know what i mean like not like like a like a and a Nick Kyrgios type of character, you know, who's like got this fatal flaw. His fatal flaw is that he's like obsessed with his own brand, and that's just it's just indicative of the generation. It, it, it's, it's exhausting, and you know, like I even remember I was living in Canada at the time, and I was watching. Uh, I got up at stupid o'clock or whatever to watch the the man the the Manchester Derby, and he dyed his hair blue, and I was like, oh my Jesus, I want to strangle the prick. <laughs> you know, it's it's just that sort of stuff. Like it's so, um, like like read the room or like read the read the situation like there just seems to be no common sense there uh, like at all you know so uh, i don't know like again like everything else with manchester united at the moment i'm just enjoying it for what it is you know absolutely we'll, we'll, we'll go from there i'm pretty much in the same boat i'm enjoying the goals i'm enjoying the victories enjoying the the performances um only worry is with Pogba that it's I'm going to say five six games maybe that he's put in a pretty good shift you wonder if, if that's going to change over the next couple of weeks is he going to even get better as, as, as Dunn said like he's, he, he has all the world-class ability and talents that you need but it's when he applies himself like I said going out and dyeing his hair blue before the Manchester derby brands emojis like that's it seems like it all comes first and I think he mentioned something along the lines of he likes playing and winning teams and obviously United are doing quite well they're, they're winning a lot of games but again is is that like the only team in my head I, I, I would say number one that can afford him is Paris and number two in a normal season Paris Paris Saint-Germain just win all their games because it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse league over there mm. so that, that seems like it's the only kind of suit for Pogba I don't know well PSG could go from um, Juventus will do everything Madrid could go from you know Juventus could, could afford them like the, the, those three probably could but like you're right the the, the asset test is going to be when United use it, lose their next game is he going to sulk is he going to just plot around the place like he like he used to um, is he just going to um, like the thing that fans love about Bruno is that regardless of win, lose or draw, you know that he's gonna run his run his boots into the ground, and you know that he's not going to come off the pitch having not given everything. Um, whereas with Pogba, you know that's definitely not the case. And one thing I do, I did want to actually say about Pogba, and somebody has mentioned it on um on a forum that I'm on. And it's uh you know it's actually a fair, pretty fair point. He's he's playing much quicker now. He's 
making uh he's choosing his passes much quicker he's not like hanging on to the ball and, and waiting to be out muscled or pushed off or or you know always going for a hollywood pass it's it's kind of like at the moment whenever he gets it he already knows where he's going to put it and he already knows where it's going to go and um it's just much simpler football and it just it, it suits him so much better yeah um and i know you you were mentioned there just about fernandez and and the possibility of not starting him against Fulham during the week, and I know there was a lot of debate around it. Um, personally, for me, I would have just I was play your best team. This is a very very important game. Not saying that the FA Cup isn't important, but potentially, I was looking at the Liverpool game and the Sheffield United game the following Wednesday as games where players could be rested. So I was all for kind of getting Fernandez in there and. Um, playing him from the start and I know he didn't have his best game but he's still influential no matter mm. how he gets on he, he, in, in a way and this is not me compa- comparing him with Alexi Sanchez but I remember Sanchez at Arsenal was he constantly gave the ball away but his numbers were so good in terms of his assists his goals his chances created and then obviously when he went to United that all completely changed all of those things stopped yeah. <laughs> everything but Bruno's kind of the same and he does give the ball away like. a lot he does, yeah, but uh, I mean, I think most fans are, are understandable that he tries everything. Like, he is trying to create, and that just means you're going to give the ball away. You're going to misjudge yeah. the pass, or it's going to get cut out, or whatever. As someone who looks on with disgust at United, you know, from my, my own biases as being a Liverpool fan, he's very good to watch because he has no interest in, in continuity. He, he wants to make an impact every time he gets the ball. He'll, he'll blast something into Rose Ed. He, a pass won't come off. But then he'll be like, give me the ball, let me try it again. And over 90 minutes, that is just priceless. Like, he's he's incredibly brave on the ball. <clears throat> now, it's, I suppose it's easy to be brave when you're racking up the numbers that he is for number 10 at the minute. But, um, yeah, he's... Uh, but, 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 isn't that, but isn't that why he's racking up the numbers? Because exactly. the, more, the more you pump it in, the more something's going to come off. You, you could have... You could have Scott McTominay passing stats of, you know, sideways passes and, and you could be 80, 90, 90 plus percent. But if you're not actually creating anything and you're just retaining possession, then he wouldn't be what, what he is. Just, yeah. just before we get off the topic of, of that game at, um, at Craven Cottage, I just I think we have to just call out the job that Scott Parker has done the last eight, ten games. Um, the best thing Scott Parker did all season wasn't even him. It was um, the inadvertent dry your eyes mate mashup from the streets that was just perfect <laughs> for his post-match interview. If you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. But he deserves a serious amount of credit for what he has that Fulham team doing. Like, obviously watched Fulham twice recently against both of our clubs. They play a really, really good brand of football. They're actually surprisingly intricate. Um, Loftus-Cheek when he wants to be can run a show and he can create and he missed a couple of chances on on whatever night on Wednesday night but I just I just thought it was it's worth saying how good Fulham have been the last six games and I kind of my my will for them to stay up has gone from total ambivalence and not caring to I kind of want them to stay up now because I think it would be a hell of an achievement um, and you see there's other young managers in the league ex-teammates of Scott Parker <clears throat> Frank Lampard who are really struggling with these untold millions and, and superstars in their team 
and to see what Scott Parker's done just over the last half a dozen games, um, he just deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, you know, he, he does. I mean, for, for bringing them back up to the Premier League, which is it's it's not an easy thing. Like it's no easy thing to to get promoted to the Premier League. So to go down to bring them back up, then to be having such a shit show, and then identify what's going wrong, and then have such a turnaround over the last eight ten games. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Got to drop Cavaliero though. He is a disaster. <laughs> he's awful he is downright awful in my opinion um Luckman uh Luckman looks like he's maturing and becoming a really good player um yeah, yeah. that's why he's in my team and um, before we get on to like fancy football and talk better our unbelievable managerial decisions um obviously we were just chatting about um wrestling players not wrestling players and I know Dunn mentioned there about Starting Salah, starting Mane, Firmino on Sunday. Mahara, would you do the same or would you take a different approach? I think I would. I would do that. I'd, I'd start as strong a team as you possibly can. Like Donica said, because the confidence is so shot and it's such a big game that like you might as well put them all out and say like you're playing them again. You know, the game last week didn't go as planned. So let's go out there and basically right their own of last week kind of a thing um, and yeah like that there's only the only way they're going to get the confidence back is by playing back into confidence so like if, if you're switching the team around it's it's very chop change again and you know that's that's been one of the biggest issues of the season so far is because there's been no consistency that's over the last couple of years that's been one of the reasons why Liverpool have been so strong and so consistent is just a solid team and consistency over long periods of time so yeah I think I think you should I wouldn't be surprised now like like the game the, the team he put out for the Burnley game last night with the likes of Oxide Chamberlain and, and Shakiri in midfield and stuff like that I wouldn't be surprised if he did one or two like that because um, he tends to like doing something like that in the cup but um, yeah I definitely think the likes of the front three they should all start especially seeing as two of them didn't even start last night yeah. One, one element one thing that I, I would like to see happen um, is I think Trent needs a rest. I, I mean, was actually just going to say that, yeah, but I thought horribly, horribly out of form. Um, he's not making those runs anymore. He's even like he's got a one of a right foot, we all know that, but his confidence is totally shot. And I don't know if Nico Williams is the answer for this game. I'd be putting James Miller, his, his leadership qualities from right back. Um, could be huge. I, I really like this chat on social media today. That's uh, what I was going to say. That actually, yeah. Yeah. So, so that would be. I would play a full strength team as close as you can, but Milner starts right back, or or Milner starts. He, or he might start him in the middle of the park, but he has to. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think Milner should definitely start. Just on actually, obviously, O'Hara mentioned about Trent Alexander's cross and the 18, 19, 20 crosses, um. And according to the stats, none of them actually hit a Liverpool player. Maybe one of them hit a, hit a Liverpool player. Do you put that down to, not necessarily on, on last night, but do you put that down to Trent's lack of form or do you put that down to the three front guys and their movement within the box? I think it's a combination of both. It's A lot of the time, especially last night, like that, like Trent hit huge number of crosses in. Robertson hit a, hit a lot in. Shakiri hit a lot in. I'd say we, we must have hit at least 40 crosses in the box. 
with very, very few of them actually getting to Liverpool there or, or anything coming of those chances. But like Trent in particular, it was like he was just going through the motions. He was just crossing for the sake of crossing so many times where he's so used to, you know, being in a good position and so crossing then and expecting something to come of it where it's like he's not really copying on to the fact that nothing is coming of the crosses and trying something different. He's just he's just continuing to do it and expecting something to eventually come off. Um, I yeah, like the front three, it, it it's such an it's such a inconvenient time that that all three of them are entirely out of form. But like that, like you know, you'd think he would he he had the likes of Salah and Firmino on the bench, maybe to you know not have them in from the start and and uh, in the kind of hell space that they all are being like, oh my God, we can't score. But like, you know, so kind of bringing them in fresh then being like, no, actually, come on, I'm going to influence the game here. But like that shot that he had there against Pope where he went near post, you could see from the look on his face then afterwards that he, any chance of him coming in fresh and influencing had gone. He was, he was straight back into, oh my God, when are we ever going to score a goal? Great save. Oh, it was, was it was a brilliant save, and the reaction to kick it away then as well was phenomenal. Yeah, it's um, utterly bewildering how Nick Pope is in England's number one. I don't. Oh, know. I, it's like, insane. It's it is insane. Like he is, he's just such a good keeper. He's so reliable. I think maybe it's a separate conversation, of course. But I think maybe Pickford's distribution is better than Pope's. But I mean, you know, Pickford has a lot of rickets in him, and Pope just every time I see him, he's just really impressive as a keeper. Like hundred percent. Like I think, like there is the argument for Pickford's distribution, but like Pope has been one of the most consistent keepers over the last couple of seasons. You know what I mean? Like that's how it continues to just baffle me how he hasn't gotten into the squad because it's not like he's a new young keeper coming on the scene this season. Like he's been around as Burnley's number one. Like he dislodged Tom Heaton like when Heaton was because obviously I was very aware of Heaton from fantasy football point of view because Heaton was my keeper for ages and then Pope came in out of nowhere and then he's basically the new Tom Heaton even better I think didn't Heaton didn't Heaton do his knee or he had a significant injury and Pope was put in and never gave the jersey back literally he actually made his debut I was at his Burnley debut it was against Liverpool oh oh, I remember that yeah arriving at the game it was like oh class Heaton's injured this young lad, Nick Pope, is in. Brilliant. This will be great. And it was a one-all draw, and he frustrated the heads. I remember that game. It was like he had the word a word with the real Pope. He just it was phenomenal. Fight. He had a phenomenal. And it was like, who is this young lad? We've never seen him before. And we were expecting, you know, a two or three three goal win, and it's like entirely frustrated into a one-all draw against Burnley. Which I would have taken last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a dream of one all draw against Burnley. Mm. Um, just before we get on to um, chat to you, Dave, just about the United kind of approach to, to Sunday, just the Tom Heaton story I, I have for you. I went over to um, the United Burnley game a couple of seasons ago when it was nil all at Old Trafford and he pulled off. Is all you lads going over to see Burnley? Like, what's the story? <laughs> They're the only tickets we can get. <laughs> um, and it was that, that game where Ibrahimovic pulled or Tom Heaton pulled off that unbelievable save um, from Ibrahimovic I think United had 30 odd shots in the game and uh, like I usually do just to try to get a couple of autographs afterwards I, I wait around and um, 
where I was standing, it was kind of more the side of where all the Burnley or all the Burnley players were going towards. And um, obviously a lot of United lads were going the opposite direction. So I didn't really get many autographs. Next thing, Tom Heaton comes out and no one was really asking for an autograph or a chat or anything like that. And I just called them over and I happened to have him in my fantasy football team that, that week. <laughs> and I go, Tom, I don't know whether I want to shake your hand and say thanks for 11 points in fantasy football or you're a dickhead for <laughs> against United. But uh, I, he, he took it, it, had a good laugh about it. Um, seemed like a, a sound chap, got a picture with him as well. And uh, that's my uh, Tom Heaton story. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, very good. And... <laughs> um, so yeah, Dave, what 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 are we thinking? United's approach on on Sunday. Are we doing something similar to Liverpool putting out a full strength team? Is this an opportunity to rest lads? Um like I I'm gonna give you my opinion and the exact opposite's gonna happen. Um <laughs> no, I mean listen, he's going to I, I reckon um like it's I, I said it about the game the other night. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Donny van der Beek and uh, while Liverpool have such issues in their midfield a player as competent as him I think would uh, would work well with Cavani and work well with um, you know Greenwood and, and Rashford whoever whoever manages to uh, to start you were talking earlier on about um about the the jobs that managers have trying to fit players in, and I was having a discussion with somebody the other night about the the headache Ole must have. You know, he's got Greenwood, who's a striker, but he hasn't got a right winger, so he has to play out on the right, and he also has Rashford playing out on the right, who's also preferred to play on the left uh, and cut in on his right hand side, and then you've got Edison Cavani, who is taking the spot of uh, the preferred spot of. Martial, Rashford and Greenwood and he has to try and fit all of those lads in and that's before you even talk about fucking Pogba or Van de Beek or Fred or Scott like it's it's such, it is a minefield Um, I reckon he'll rest players I, I reckon it won't be the same 11 that, that turned up um at, at Anfield last week, uh, I reckon Bayou will play um, and hope to fuck he doesn't fall apart um, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I would love it. Would be a perfect game for you know Van de Beek to come in and give either Pogba or um or Bruno a rest. Martial needs to be dropped big time. He's just absolutely atrocious. Uh, he he really just offers so so little. Um, he's taken the spot. Uh, he's taken Rashford's preferred spot, and. Even Rashford, who's in not the greatest form at the moment, he's 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 been poor for the last couple of weeks. You'd even have him there on the left to cut in on his right and and pop a few shots and maybe set something up for Cavani. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like Martial needs to needs to he needs to go full stop. But he he needs to be dropped. He's really not offering offering anything at the moment um, and it's a big game so you're going to see Fred you're going to see Scott McTominay more than likely if not Scott Matic um, I'd like to see Tellez get a game um, you know I, like guys who'll, who'll get who'll get minutes against top opposition but it's not it doesn't have the same weight of a Premier League game 
Yeah. Speaking of, of, of Tellers, how good has Shaw's performance has been since his arrival, especially at Anfield? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody, including Liverpool fans, were expecting Shaw to, to be a man of the match type of... Like, nobody ever is, but he was just spot on. And it, it looked like he really enjoyed playing against Salah, which very few defenders get to say. Um, he was super. Like, he really was. He put in a, such a great, great performance. Like, for the... For the for the fans, like they're putting on this front. Well, well, I'm not saying putting on a front. What they're saying to the public is, we're pushing each other, and we're, we, you know, we're we're egging each other on, and we're trying to make each other better. And that might very well be the case. Of course, they both want to be the first choice left back. That's, you know, goes without saying. But, um, but he's yeah, he's really had a kick up the hole, and, and rightfully so. Like the chap has had bags of fucking talent. He's he's with us now far too long for us to be seeing the best of him now. But listen again, like everything else, <laughs> take it for what it is. Yeah, I kind of look at and maybe lads as well might might agree. Kind of look at at Luke Shaw and Anthony Martial and look at those two lads saying they've gotten to where they are based on their ability and nothing got to do with kind of motivation, ambition, kind of passion, drive, willingness to, 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 to do well. Whereas you look at other players that, yeah, they'll have some sort of, of ability, but by putting in the hard graft as well, that's where they are so much higher in terms of, of, of where they are in their careers. Um, would you kind of consider Sean Martial as, I suppose, as, two players that just bags of ability but haven't hit their potential um i, I think i mean the, the caveat to you know just having talent and not having driver i think it's all relative in relative terms i think they have bags of drive uh, both both of them but you know at the highest level um you need you know that that additional couple of percent that does make a huge difference and you know every manager talks about the margins um, like Luke Shaw, to be fair to Luke Shaw, um, I'm, I've been very impressed with how he's recovered from that injury that he had. In, in uh, was that against Ajax? Who was that against? He, yeah, uh, PSV. PSV, PSV. Yeah, it was in 2017, though. That's the only thing. But he's come back. He's come back, and, and like players break a leg like that. I mean, I remember Gibral Cisse when he came back from his broken leg, and he was yeah. a speed merchant and had lost his speed. And whether that was confidence or whether that was an actual physical. Um, hangover from that injury, like seems like Shaw hasn't lost his speed, which is, which is good. I I have always rated Martial then on the other side of things, and I always thought that Martial would be actually a good fit for a Liverpool system that would never happen. Would, that transfer would never happen. But yeah, he watching him during the week um, really reminded me of watching a Rigi, which is just like it's it's not going to happen. This isn't going to happen. This he's not going to score. He's, he's oh look, he didn't score. <laughs> um, do you know what I'm a fan of Origi I, I, I don't know maybe it's because I don't watch him every time he you know plays what? I love he's him just... I love him but he, he like he is the most laid back dude there has ever yeah. been and in a dressing room like that where Klopp is blood and thunder and fire and brimstone at times and he's got the jaw going but Origi's Origi's chilled out man he's a really Origi's living cool. on his own planet Origi's off in Origi world and no one else no one yeah, it, it, it just, like 
he I don't think he gets he gets too down on himself. I don't think he gets too excited. Like he scores that goal, um, <laughs> puts a top corner when we beat Barcelona, and he's sort of like, oh, someone tell me how to celebrate this moment. Yeah. He just sort of turns around. And he's like, hey, what do we do? We'll put hands, up, you know, because he's just, hey man. Sure, it was like no. the one the one he scored against Pickford. Um, he went and grabbed the ball out of the net, like yeah. as if we needed yeah. to score another goal. I was like, yeah. what are you doing? You just scored the winner in the ninety sixth minute. He's oh, an incredibly, incredibly likable dude. Likable, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's a Liverpool legend for the goals he scored. I, I, I have to agree with, with with Dave as well. Just saying, I actually do like him. He, he always seems to like. Even last night, I think it was after he missed a chance. And he was just there smiling. Like the camera went in on him and he was just smiling. And I don't even know if he was chatting to anyone or talking and he was just smiling. Sometimes he has outrageous ability as well. He scored he scored a goal against Everton when we thumped them 4-0 at Anfield a couple of years ago. Chipping the keeper. It was the first touch was from the gods. It was a long, I think Van Dyke pinged a long ball to him and he took it down. He took it down in the save movement, popped it over Pickford, and he just looked amazing. Like he's got real ability, but he just it seems like he's not arsed to show it. That's I, don't it. I think, yeah, if that's the match you're talking about, I think it was the 5 2 there last oh, well, year. Yeah, it was 5 both, 2. He scored twice in that game. Both of them were top class goals. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that, the one chipped the keeper and the other one he went around the keeper. Like yeah. it's like, how how can he just show that type of ability and then well, do you, he can't do even you, hit a barn door? Is there, some, is there some element of, you know, he knows he's only going to get a chance? every now and again like he's not breaking that that front three so you know he's he knows he's gonna have to rely on sub appearances and i, I don't know i think some some i don't know there's a lot of players that that don't have the mentality to like like solskjaer had the mentality when he was a player that he could sit on the bench and watch a game and watch how it unfolded and, and watch what he was going to do when he when he got a bit of game time and he would he would arrive and he'd he'd implement whatever he had in his head. There's so many players who just haven't got that head on them. And you know, Origi like pretty much nearly since since the 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 Barcelona I became a big fan of him in the the Barcelona game. And like kind of since then, he's not really like he's not he's never getting a run in starting eleven, you know. No, he's never going to do it. He's only a squad player, yeah. As he said, he's only a squad player, and he knows it. Um, but he seems to have kind of made his peace with it, where like he had the chance to to go out, like be sold or go on loan a couple of seasons ago, and he decided no, I'm actually going to stay. And, like brilliant that he did because he's had so many more of those moments. That we now entirely adore him for, um, but yeah, no, he was he's, he was never going to break that front three, and he knows that. So um, yeah, like that's why, as Donica was saying, like it's probably likely he'll be gone. If not this January, he'll, surely he'll definitely be gone in the summer. But but um, he'll have had a brilliant Liverpool career, you know. He's yeah, had like an entire like a highlights reel to to rival most players, really and did. a ream of medals as well of of all the medals anyone. Would yeah. hope for. Yeah, I, I, I think you look. You think I, you look at Origi, and over those two seasons where he was coming on and scoring goals, he was, he was pretty much the modern day soldier, coming on scoring important goals. It's, do you know what's funny? The league finals. He, his, his 
the, the, the propensity that he was effective coming off the bench was actually really low. It was any time he did it, he did it in a massive game. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember there was a Newcastle game up in St James's. Oh yeah, and it's 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 a 97, 98 point season, and obviously City Pipless. Like that goal, we were desperate. He pops up with a header, eighty seven minutes or something. That um, goal was huge. Everton won, where Pickford makes a holy show of himself. Barcelona, you know, Champions League final. Um, but he actually never did it in a like in the let's say he came off the bench last night in in just a standard game. He always yeah. had to pull out these. Um, moments when the stakes were their highest. I think it just sort of it speaks to his character. He, I think the guy enjoys life. I've, we don't know who he is. We don't know his character. He can't, but he seems to. I think he enjoys life uh, beyond football. Like I think he's the type of guy who, a bit like Matthew Flamini, who who and didn't he invest a lot of company, uh, a lot of money, and make a lot of um, a lot of money in, in in some business venture while he was still with Arsenal. But not that Rigi's that type. I just think. Football's not everything to him. More just, like Balotelli. <laughs> I just get the sense that that you know football is not absolutely everything to this guy. That it, maybe it's family, maybe it's you know whatever whatever it is. I still like mm. he's, he's he's been great for us. Like invest a lot to him, and he'll he'll always he'll always have a welcome a massive welcome whenever he's at Anfield. Um, yeah. You know, but maybe just not in the jersey anymore beyond the summer. <laughs> You reckon he'll be doing those hospitality days? He could be, yeah. In with a legend in years to come. I'd say, yeah, there'll be plenty of this current squad who'll be doing that in about 10, 15 years' time, I'd say. Um, as long as John Flanagan isn't. This guy was Cafu. What are you talking about? <laughs> he, failed a, he failed a medical during the week for some Polish second division team. Did he? Jeez, I didn't hear that. It could have been a Premier League team or something beginning with Why eight. would you have heard that, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it was that was pretty low down my Twitter feed during the week. No, it was locked in. Just before we get on to, I'm going to ask you for predictions for the game on Sunday. I'm going to kind of throw the, these two questions out to the floor. Do you think at the moment Liverpool are missing their fans? But in in a way, Man United are nearly it's an advantage not having their fans at Old Trafford. I think not having the fans is. Is massive. I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we haven't been able to shake the form. Um, because we haven't been able, like the fans haven't been able to be in the in the in the stadium and adore them as the champions. Do you know what I mean? So like we could have had a bad, like as we've said already, we've had four or five now in a row, but like the first loss or the first really poor result in that game coming off the pitch. You would have still, you would have had a standing ovation from the crowd, being like, "Yes, that's. It doesn't matter. It was poor. We don't care. We love you. You can go again." Like that last night, like that, the crowd would have, you know, I don't think it would have gotten to last night. It would have been maybe two or three games ago, where, you know, they have one bad result and the crowd is like, "Doesn't matter, lads. You you won the league last year. You've you've brought this back to us. You are unbelievable. So you can just wipe it off and you go again." Where. It's just absolutely silent. There's nothing there for them to to feed off. Like even during the games, like like the United match last week, like obviously it was looking like it could potentially turn into a lot. Like 60, 70 minutes into that game, the the, the atmosphere in, in United games is always huge. This the crowd just would have been like, no, we're not having this. Like 70 minutes in, we're like, come on, that's so the crowd would have stepped it up. Because when it got to that stage, the point I'm making is it got to that stage and the, and the crowd wasn't there. And it was just, 
they just cut, they all started going through the motions. It was like, mm-hmm. oh crap, we're not going to score. Let's just see it out. Let's shake hands on 70 kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I think, I think we're massively missing, missing the fans. Like, as we know, like, like Anfield is one of the most famous stadiums for the fans making a difference. Like that, like as we've said, the Barcelona game, one of the biggest reasons was the crowd was so up for that game. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's a massive pity that we have that the fans aren't able to be there in the stadium. Um, one of the reasons before I ask you, Donica, one of the reasons I, I kind of was going to ask you this question or that question, just in the United game, there was one or there was one moment where Salah had the ball pretty much one-on-one with Shaw inside the United box or on the edge of the box. And I just feel like he he obviously turned back and, and passed the ball back to his midfield. But if that had happened in front of fans, fans, no matter whether you're a couple of goals up, probably would have been a bit disappointed that he didn't go at Shaw. Um, and you wonder if those at the moments would have lifted players as well, not necessarily a ball going out for a corner but by getting on a player's back might even motivate a player but that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask that question just because of that moment yeah I think there's there's there was potentially that's that's a great um example of that situation I remember that vividly it, it made no sense that why it was Salah so bizarre like Salah in form would never yeah. do that in a million years yeah I, I, yeah like the, the crowd the crowd it, Definitely affects, I think, players' decisions based on the feedback. Well, it's it's hard to know because they're like I suppose they they live they live their entire careers with this background noise, with groans and cheers and um. But yeah, like as a main point, Liverpool have suffered more than anyone for the lack of fans, and United have benefited more than most. And that's that's fine. That's just what it is. That's not that's not a whinge at all. Um, obviously there are much more important things in football going on right now, but um. You know, when the lockdown first happened um, and then it became apparent that this was going to be a fixture, certainly in the medium term, like I don't think you would have found many Liverpool fans thinking, this makes no difference to us. Um, and it's it's totally been the case. Like, like the, the home form has still been really high. I think we're still second in the league or maybe we dropped a third now in the league with the home form. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's, been, it's been really tragic as well that these guys deserve, like they, they ended 30 years of hurt and they deserve just to be lauded for it really vociferously by 58,000 or 54,000 uh, scousers and they can't. And that's real, it's a real shame. And, you know, to have, a, to have a, a parade now after the fact is kind of redundant. It would just, we'd just be a source of ridicule. Um, so yeah, it's a massive shame. Yeah. Uh, Dave, do you think... No fans has benefited Solskjaer's approach to to games at Old Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I respectfully, I'll disagree with Donica and, and that. Okay, maybe on on uh, at Anfield at the weekend, yes, it's benefited them. But um, you know, not having the Anfield crowds on our backs, yeah, poss- yeah, quite possibly. But listen, our our home form has gone off a fucking cliff, and there's you know. You know, there's been so many games where you felt a packed Old Trafford. We would have gotten, we've gotten, would have gotten more wins, more last minute goals, a lot more. You know, players would have been jumped on more. You know, that there would, uh, you know, they might be able to tune it out, but they 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 also get an adrenaline rush when an Anfield crowd is behind them or an Old Trafford crowd is behind them or whatever. You know, and and vice versa. So, like, our 
our away form has us where we are. So we're literally we're literally getting points from other players, uh, other team stages. Do you think that um, I'm not observing it as keenly as obviously United fans, but it seemed to me whenever I saw Old Trafford with a full stadium, there's a lot of tension. There was a lot of tension in the crowd and, you know, unhappiness in the crowd. And like nowhere near to the level of the Emirates, which has been a toxic place for like maybe, th- maybe five, six years now. But what I was getting at is um, United seemed to play in front of a crowd at Old Trafford with, with the real burden of expectation and the murmurings would start and in half an hour if you can see the goal. And I, I feel from that standpoint, maybe it's it's allowed, it's hard to know Fernandez because he's pretty much not played at a full Old Trafford yet, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, no, you know, you're, you're, shackled, you're but they feel, you know, they feel like they can present their skills without, without for fear of making a mistake and hearing the discontent in the crowd. Yeah, very true. Um, the only thing is, like, yeah, you, you, you kind of shift the, you kind of shift it then because when when there was a full Old Trafford crowd, the team weren't where they are now in terms of their performances and and you know how they're how they're coming up with the goods. You know, if if Old Trafford uh, was packed. You know when we were had the shite hammered out of us by Spurs, and um, yeah, maybe it would have just been a <clears throat> as much of a hellish place for us as anybody else. But um, I don't know. Listen, I guess it's it's stuff you can't you can't quite you can't quite measure. It'll be interesting, like when fans are able to get into the stadium again, and United are maybe a couple of months closer and still within a title race could have a completely different vibe to it altogether, you know. Um, but, no, there's there's certain stadiums in the Premier League that are just, uh, the fans make make such, such a huge difference and probably no no bigger stadium than Anfield to to miss I'd that one. I'd gone. say um, shout out to Selhurst Park as well would be another one for me. Palace fans, yes. Palace fans yeah. are open race, and they like they they carry the team a long way. Absolutely, sure. But like Bramall Lane is is another one. Like yeah. I, I reckon Sheffield have been hugely affected. They've had so much go on. Like they, you know, I really feel for them. I really do. Ah, they're probably still whinging about Tevez. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we uh, wrap wrap this um, part of the, the part up. About Liverpool and United on Sunday. Ohara, what's your prediction, score prediction for the weekend? I'm I'm hoping for a Liverpool win, obviously. Um like as we were saying, like it's such a disappointing, it's such a demoralizing run of form. Um but look, it's it, it's gonna have to turn at some point. Um and realistically, what better way than to to put in a performance against United in the cup, like um, I think it'll be relatively similar to last week. Um, but I still think if, if they can if they can sort out like with the likes of Milner and stuff like that, if they can sort out, you know, lifting the, the morale a bit, um, I think we could get a win. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one to Liverpool. David. <laughs> Um, I just, just had to double check uh, where this game was inside Old Trafford. Um, rarely, very rarely, you get two games where you get two kind of stalemates, and um, 
while we were chatting there, I, I had a quick Google to see if anything had been said by Solskjaer and he has said he's going to make changes, he's going to rotate. So I don't expect it to be a, a, a nil draw. I, do you know what? I, I'm actually going to go with the same the same prediction I made last weekend. I think that I got horribly wrong. But I think it'll be 2-1 United. 2-1 United. Donica? Um, I think Klopp is going to make Liverpool play angry football. I think hurting um, and I think the leaders in the dressing room are going to uh, are going to come to the fore and for that reason I I think United are going to have more of the ball simply because it's in Old Trafford even though without a crowd I think I think the the not alien surroundings but it does make still a difference and I'm hoping because of that United might get a little bit of more confidence to play with the ball and I think Liverpool might nick a 1-0 on a counter-attack goal maybe um, to have you know, having watched last week, like I think we were the better side for most of the game, but I think the game will be a little bit different this week. Um, I don't expect anything, like I don't can't even expect a goal. Um, it's been five hours of watching that bloody team without a goal, but I'm gonna go really tight game. Um, Liverpool on a counter attack 1 0, and we'll just we'll say man eight because of them. Um, I suppose, like, like I, I, don't, I don't know, I just think with the I think with the, the Man United changes that are going to happen, I think the fact that Liverpool are going to be playing their their, their front three, and I, I do have a little bit of a feeling that they're going to score. Um, <clears throat> FA Cup games go to extra time, do they? And then penalties. Yeah, this this season there's no replays, there's no room in the schedule. Yeah, because kind of in in my head before I came on here, I was thinking of a two all draw. I just kind of have a feeling that it's going to be completely different. Mind you, I did think. I was a 3-2 or 2-1 last week, completely wrong as well. Um, but I kind of have a feeling that this is going to be the complete opposite of last Sunday, um, where it'll be a lot more end-to-end. Um, Liverpool, seeing this as an opportunity to bounce back, seeing as an opportunity for the, the, the front three to score, because I don't think they have a great record against United, the, the, the front three lads in their Liverpool days. Um, so I... Can see it being two all, going to extra time, and I'm gonna go United win on on pens. It's very specific, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Did a lot of thinking beforehand. Did a lot of thinking. What minute the goal is gonna be? Don't. So we'll get on to um, the fancy football side of things. And I think we all have to congratulate O'Hara on an unbelievable week. Unbelievable week. It's a freak. Um, it's oh. an article. And the mad thing about it is he still has three players to play. He's an yeah. absolute freak. That is that is ongoing. O'Hara, yeah. do you want to talk us through your, your thinking? Was it fluke? Was it planning? Was it managerial genius? <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a combination of them all, to be honest. Um, you know, because like that, like I'm sure all of us, like I'd always take fantasy football quite seriously. So I'm not just, you know, chopping and changing, making loads of just bizarre changes. There's usually good thinking behind the decisions, but just a lot of this season, just so much of it has has entirely gone the wrong way for me. Like that, like we had said before, like I thought I had my my team set up perfectly for the start of the season and was agonizing over Manny or Salah and went with Manny and then Salah scores a hat-trick. Do you know what I mean? So 
it was always little things <laughs> like that that was just like oh come on like how is this even happening um so yeah it was just uh, over the last couple of weeks i seem to have started to get a few decisions right um so yeah going into last week i had made the i had done the free hit the previous week and like had done fine i think i had you know gotten about average um so i had been i had actually been planning like kind of without looking at the team too in depth i had been planning on doing the wild card last week um but then looking at the team i was like actually a lot of these have quite nice double game week fixtures um obviously there was the worry with the likes of the aston villa players because i have two at Grealish and martinez that was like oh like if, if villa get ruled out the team is entirely screwed really do you know what i mean um and like that like i've had your man Pereira from West Brom. I think I've had him since the start of the season. Like I like I said to you before, do you know, I'd normally have a look at like the top two or three players who played in the championship who've come up to the league. And like he was, I think, West Brom's best player last season in terms of goals and assists. So that's why I got him in ages ago. But I think he's had one good week and then has done nothing for the rest of the season. So I was considering getting him out. If had I done the wild card, he was gone. You know what I mean? But it was like <laughs> actually do you know what like like say I wanted to get into Bruyne because I didn't have De Bruyne and I wanted to get in one or two other players um and so the whole thing was it was like well actually Pereira seems to be playing a bit better since Allardyce came in West Brom have a nice looking double game week so why not just stick him in stay stay with him for another week or two um and sure that was <clears throat> that was one of the best decisions I've made. Dave, are you going to be ruthless? I might, I might have to be, Tonica, if I'm going to have to try and continue this uh, upward trajectory, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think I think there's a bit of ruthlessness in you. I, I, I reckon I reckon if Prayer has just had this anomalous couple of games, um, obviously with Allardyce in, they're getting a bit of a new manager bump with extra yeah. gravy sauce. But uh, he's, the guy, he's the guy who makes them tick by all accounts. But... Um, yeah, I wouldn't nec- I wouldn't necessarily be keeping him. In my opinion, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, no, I, I don't think I will. I'll line? probably, you know, I'll have a look over it, like see if they've any decent fixtures over the next maybe two game weeks. I, I haven't actually looked at him in, in particular, but yeah, like that, I <clears throat> just because he's had a good double game week, like as well, it, it can flatter to deceive a little bit as well. Like the two goals in the first game were two penalties, do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, like it's not like West Brom have a marauding front three that they're going to be getting penalties left, right, and center. Like it's such a crucial part of fantasy this season, though. I mean, you need to know who everyone's penalty taker is, and you need to be making decisions based on that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. If you're not, forget about it. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're in, you're in the, you're going to be in the top six million, and that's the case. <laughs> um, um, I want to make two points. First, fair play to you for going with the the Villa lads because. No, no one had any idea. It was, it was pretty much a gamble, wasn't it? Going with with Villa, pretty Pen- much. Like, no, there was no news on who was going to be no. out with COVID. There wasn't. No, I, I kind of, I left it up to, like you said, you had, you had set an alarm to make sure you didn't miss the deadline, like that I did as well. I made sure I hadn't made the decisions until that morning, and yeah, like that, it was like basically like that. I had De Bruyne as the captain, so like that was his kind of double game week. And yeah, it was just it was it was it was hoping that it went through because if it went through, they're t- they're basically two of Villa's best. 
well, their best players and also their best points getters, fantasy wise. So I was like, if they do go ahead, I have a very good chance of getting good returns from them. Yeah. Which actually, you know, obviously they're two of the three players I have playing uh, tomorrow. But like, it was brilliant. <laughs> Pretty much every other player I have got brilliant returns. So actually, it would have been nearly fine if the Villa players didn't play because both of them have only gotten me three points so far. Yeah. Um, second point I was going to make was I'm just literally having a look at your team here. You don't have any Liverpool players in it. Yeah. Um, which which saddens me. <laughs> um, but look, as, as Dunnick said, you have to be ruthless in fantasy football. You can't be emotional. And for years, that was always my issue. I'd be getting in, you know, straight away. I'd always, I'd always have three Liverpool players. <laughs> I'd always have, you know, two or three new signings that I think will be good for their teams where you know you, you really can't you have to be ruthless in it so look as we've as we've uh, agonized over like Liverpool are in it and poor on form so like while Salah was one of the you know most owned players a month ago and like Liverpool were scoring seven against Crystal Palace yeah I'm pretty sure I had two or three Liverpool players at that point but like what would you be doing having them unless you know for a clean sheet but sure, we don't even seem to be able to keep that against Burnley. So, um, Dave, I might go on to, to, to your team and your, your week. You played your wild card, I think. Yeah, you played your wild card. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do you know what? I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm happy enough. I came out with 81 and I've got three players playing tomorrow. Um. I big shout out to Donica. I I I chucked Wambasaka for uh, for Justin from Leicester, and uh, and I think he, he got me two points shy of what Bruno Fernandez got me. So um, Justin is staying in there for a while. Oh, he's a great um, chance. Yeah, I've had him for a few weeks. I've had him for a while actually. Yeah, he's a great chance. He's been in my team every week. So um, like with. I have to take my. I, I don't know why. Did you ever make a decision on, on, on picking a player and you don't really fucking know why? I think I, I picked up Matt Darty. No, I've, I've never done that ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> and which is why you're on 131 this week. And while I'm still 36. So, how are you, um, you going to correct him on that? 133. I'm on 133 oh, currently. So Sorry, far. I think you're probably so <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I think the best I've ever gotten is maybe 108 or something like that. Well, yeah, I, like I tur- I've I turfed uh, I turfed Doherty out and um I, I've had Walker Peters hanging around as well. And do you know what? that's another one that Again, why I'm 36 because it's an emotional thing rather than it. Like when I watch that lab play, I always think he's a, a solid, a solid defender. Doesn't mean he's going to get your points, but um, but yeah. So I've had to chuck him out. I've I've got Robertson for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> he's top but, scoring defender so far in the game. <laughs> But yeah, so I've got Martinez, Greenish, and um, and Wilson. I think he was in three as I did. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, Watkins. Oh, Watkins. Sorry, I thought you had Wilson. Who's he's the other lad I have. Yeah. No, Ali Watkins. Um, 
He's a great show, by the way, because he's so cheap as well, and he's a proper good look. Like, he's a really proper striker. Yeah, do you know what? Proper I, sexy I, footballer. I, that's what I was going to well, say. He's a proper good-looking footballer. Proper good-looking footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I was rejigging around, and I think I was trying to fit Grealish in, and I went, do you know what? If I... If I sacrifice, yeah, I got rid of Calvin Noon, and uh, and I said, okay, do you know what? If I fit Grealish and Watkins in, then I was like, yeah, do you know what? We'll see how that serves me. So, um, yeah, do you know what? It was it was kind of one of those things. I only copped it yes last night that I still had three players to play. I was like, yeah, all right, I'll take it. Nice. Um, just just speaking of. Dave, just giving a bit of credit to, to Donica there with his selection on, on Justin. And we were obviously chatting last week and um, Donica mentioned um, Harvey Barnes as a, as a good shout. I went with Harvey Barnes, trim in the team. I think he got 50, 14, 15 points. 15, yeah, 15. He was decent. So, yeah, uh, he was one of the lads I got in as well. <laughs> a solid yeah. shout. Power of the pod, lads. It's the power of the pod. But I have to say, his assist for the NDD goal was absolutely <laughs> scandalous, wasn't it? <laughs> this yeah. is it. I actually, because I, <laughs> I was only keeping an eye on live score and I saw that he had gotten the assist and I was like, happy days. And then I saw the match of the day and I was like, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Well, you know, it's the unpredictability of it. My, aside from Ollie Watkins, my worst performing outfield player is Son. Like, what the yeah. fuck is that? It's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Like, you know, like Salah had a terrible week. Um, Vardy, oh, Vardy, my God. Jamie Vardy. And then just to add insult, he gets injured. Um, and he's, well, not that he gets injured, but he's uh, he's decided it's time to go under the knife. He's got an ongoing hip problem, which maybe just... Oh, yeah, maybe, he's having a hernia. Yeah, yeah, which maybe explains why he hasn't been in great form. Um, sorry, I kind of just hijacked the conversation there. But <laughs> I, I just, Vardy, Vardy, I thought I had really high hopes. For Vardy, you know, he played the two games, he four points, and now he's injured. So now we've got to kick him out again. Were you, I think, Donica, you had De Bruyne as captain, didn't you? I did. I, so, I, I, yeah. I had captain as well, and I'm not going to lie, very disappointed by his I mean, return. The fact he came off in the 58th, 59th minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, you have a week there where obviously your captain was going to play twice, no matter what you did. Mm. Like, I, I, I played my wild card because I, I just needed a good week. For the for the for for my mental health, I needed a good week in the fantasy football. So, so I engineered it to have nine players playing twice, and it, it went pretty well. Like I got a hundred points. Um, guys who came in who did really well for me, Kufal, excellent. And uh, yeah, um, Harvey Barnes, obviously. Uh, I kept uh, Adam Ola Luckman, and he 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 paid me off handsomely with that goal against United. Um, Kane did quite well too. He always does. Um, and then the other guy I brought in was Nick Pope, who had 13 points between the two games, um, which was great. So uh, for the next week, I've basically got no choice. I've got two red flags in my team. Vardy is one, De Bruyne is another. And in the interest of like the necessity to get a city defender in, I've taken um, Strike from Leeds out and put Diaz in. Um, so yeah. Good show. Good show. Probably a decent show. I'll yeah. give you a, a, something I've noticed, right? Over the last maybe month or so, just this side of the Christmas period. Remember the start of the season, it was just a goal fest. Clean sheets were gold dust. There was no oh, you couldn't buy a clean sheet. There was no point in having top class. There was no point in having like Trent or Robertson or um the city guys or 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 
well, Zuma scored a couple of goals, but in terms of clean sheets, I've noticed it is entirely flipped. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a product of just the exhaustive nature of this season for a lot of for a lot of teams. Definitely that, is, yeah. If you look at the guys who are top scoring, like the guy top scored this week, he's got Diaz and Stones, who between them had 45 points. Yeah, exactly. Kufal, Maguire for clean sheets, De Gea with 10 points. So it feels to me like, whereas people were front-loading their teams early on in the season for success, it's now time to maybe pull back. And if you have a cheap uh, and cheerful defence, maybe you want to start looking at that. Definitely, because that's a, that's what ended up working for me this week. Um, like that, like at the start of the season, like hundred percent, you were only having three at the back, and even then, you were you were struggling to find anyone who was going to be getting your points because no one seemed to be able to keep clean sheet to save their life. Where now, yeah, like that double game, it just that we're obviously we've one more game to go. I went four at the back, and like that's all I I really like when that works out because like saying in seasons past that's what I had sometimes tried to do because you know you're always most people will have a lot of the same attackers and midfielders but if you if you can manage to get a good balance of back four and a keeper that you know you're gonna get three or four clean sheets out of the four or five of them like that's built that that's another 20 25 points on top of all your attacking returns and the beauty of it is the onus, the onus isn't actually on the ind- individual you just sneak guys in there who don't necessarily have to do anything in the match to pick up these um to pick up these sort of cheap points obviously you, the odd time you'll get like stone scoring two goals during the week and whatever um but it, it's just these cheap but they just prop up they allow your your team they allow you to get a 70 point week every week by guaranteeing you 20 25 yeah 100 yeah and I, I, lo- I love the way like we were just talking about some players that got us uh, decent points this week like barnes kafal one or two others and o'hara there yeah i had him yeah i had him yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have to start claiming it like because <laughs> it, ha- it, ha- it hasn't worked for me for so long this season so like at last i finally copped on to the players to have, I'm know. looking at the guy who has 195 this week, right? So he's used his triple captain. Yeah. Any guesses? You're not getting it. Uh, John Stones. Nope. Oh. Oh. Nick Malantonio, triple captain for 30 oh points. So he also has Kufal and Suchek in his team. So he's definitely a hammer. Um, <laughs> yeah, he plays his bench boost. And on his bench, he'd Allison for 13, Justin for 14, Bamford Dud for two, but Harry Kane got nine. Madison in the team for 17 as well. John Stones, 27. Oh. 25. Well, he didn't actually use his triple captain then, did he? Did he use his bench boost? He used the bench boost. Um, oh, sorry, Antonio. Antonio just got, that's just a double of the 15 that he was, got. Yeah, you're right. I've totally messed. Yeah, yeah, sorry, because he had nine points twice. Scoring. I, I was like, he must have had a, a GTA, GTA cheat or something going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. All in the one week. Uh, what do you mean you <laughs> don't play all your chips every week? I do that. <laughs> You'd always get lads who do that and try and do that in the first week just to say, oh, well, I love fancy football. Yeah. 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 Isn't, isn't it one of, one of life's great achievements to log on to fantasy football, look up in that top right hand corner and be like, wow, I'm number one in all of fantasy football? <laughs> even, even if it's after, I don't know, two or three games that weekend. Oh, but you see that every week. If if there's a game, if there's on any given game week, after the first day of games, if you look at you know top team this week, you go into it 
and it's only players who played on the first night, triple captain and the best player. Yeah. And they've taken like a minus 28 point hit just to get all those players yeah. in. It's Whatever bad. about getting the weekly win. I mean, we need to find out the answer to this question. Who is there more of in the world? Guys who've led fantasy football or guys who've climbed Mount Everest? I don't know. <laughs> a lot of fantasy going. Maybe not that long. Mm. And I mean, once you're once you're at the top, you're probably going to stay around the top, and it's probably a lot of swapping around. But well, thirty you can maximum you can have thirty eight a year, so it's it's a bigger honor than climbing Everest. I think so. I would I would rather have that honor. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I, I certainly. I, I'm besides <laughs> that, that question is just going to stick with me now for a while. <laughs> There's definitely been more people up Everest than have led fancy football globally. Like, it better believe it. There definitely is. But uh, imagine, imagine, imagine. And it, can, and it costs you about 40 grand to do it. Yeah. Imagine. And do, the Wi Fi is crap. Imagine <laughs> achieving both of them and then writing a fucking book about it. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd read it. I'd read Die it. The big question is which achievement you go first? Like, I mean, which is the bigger achievement? Because that's debatable. I don't know how many podcasts there are about climbing Everest, but there's a fuckload about trying to get top of fancy football. There is, yeah. Uh, speaking of Everest, um, Dave O'Hara, Dave you guys. There's going to be a weird link up. This is a great segment. Dave O'Hara is top of our Everest this week, in or this month in terms of January. But just having a look oh, yeah. here, you are five points clear of Connor Keane. Um, so obviously I think there's two more game weeks to go. So for anyone who's obviously listening, doesn't really know how our league works. We give out monthly prizes. Yes, our league is better than yours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we give out monthly prizes and Dave O'Hara is currently top with 248. Let me have a quick look and see. Actually, I'm two 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 two, so I'm not too far behind. Yeah, you're in the mix. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd oh, yeah, I, because I've never won one of the monthly ones, I totally forgot about it. So happy days. I'm, I'm going all out to try and win this one. So. <laughs> no, but isn't, isn't that the good thing about this league is that we'll, we'll say, because I think we decided, was it December and May, there's 30 quid as opposed to the normal 20 quid. Oh, yeah. You could come out, you could be bottom of the table in May or April going into May win the manager of the month award from May and come out with a profit and been sitting sitting bottom in a league yeah, with three lads. <laughs> but sure, even this week, lads, like I nearly got a nosebleed like <laughs> flying up after we were talking last week. And like I think I was nearly the highest and I was in 28th. Like I've gone all the way up to 15th. Like I don't think I've ever been up this high in the league <laughs> this season anyway. <laughs> You did. I have don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure uh, Everest is for you, Dave. If the dizzying heights of the team. Yeah, I'm, I'm acclimatizing to the air pressure up there. We'll, we'll take care of we'll Tell you what, you can foot the bill for us to do Sugarloaf. Sugarloaf for yeah, yeah, yeah. You can donate all your fancy wins. You can go donate it to our expedition. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, having a look here. Donica, you are. Miles away. One eight six in twenty. Yeah, guys, I don't need to know. Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's put it this way: Dunnick and Dave, you're battling it out for. I know, get get above two hundred points. Yeah. But mind you, mind you, I can't say anything. This is probably the best month I've had. Um, I oh, used I used my free hit the week before last, and then I was used the the wild card this week. Um, 
and I think it had 91, but I have a sub to come off the bench, but only with two points, so whatever, 93 um, this week. Um, again, kind of, I suppose, saying disappointed with the return from Vardy taking a chance with him, taking a chance, obviously, with Captain De Bruyne. Um, Barnes did, did a good job for me. Diaz kept uh, brought him into the team. Actually, brought him in in the free hit, kept him in, thinking that... Obviously, he said he would probably get at least one clean sheet. And obviously, the gig is up with him. I think um, definitely late to the party and getting I, I, I getting him in now, and he's not going to move for the rest of the season unless he's injured. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but but another thing is like fair play to anyone, and I know there was a few lads. Oh, Harry, did you bring stones in? No, and I was really wanted to. Oh, I was sickened when I saw he scored twice because like that, I had thought of doubling up on the defense, having Diaz and Stones. Hmm. But I, I, I had to get in De Bruyne. I, he was more pressing for me, so yeah. oh, I was sick and I didn't get him in, in the end. What was that's what we were talking? We were talking about getting city players into your team last week, you know, and it's just so that's it. So it's such a treacherous thing to do. <laughs> not, not for the back four. It seems like that back four is kind of settled now. What's what's the crack with um with Laporte? Is he just out of favour? He just seems to be. Yeah, it just seems to be a case of Diaz and Stones are. Wild. Yeah, they can't. Laporte can't dislodge the two of them at the moment, which is crazy. Yeah, and but I he act- was screaming out for Laporte last season. Yeah. yeah, I did. I to be honest, I did think with the the, the double game week for City that Laporte would play in at least one of the games, but I think the fact that Stones obviously banged in two goals in the first game. <laughs> he, he, I think you couldn't really drop him. <laughs> I think Pep Pep is gonna just lean on the momentum that City have now. I mean, of course. If he has his ideas about chopping and changing, you don't do that when you've won eight on the bounce in all competitions. You just next game, next game. Um, be interesting to see how they how they fare without the Bruyne now for a while. Um, yeah. Boy, so every week I'm going to try and just name a sleeper in fantasy in any position who I think is worth buying. Ilkay Gundogan is five and a half million quid. <clears throat> yeah. Taking penalties now. Um, going to play every week. Five and a half million, and he is just sneaky. He is a real sneaky guy in terms of goals and assists. His numbers belie. Smash his... and finish from him last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah his numbers yeah. totally belie his reputation as a player. You think he's like this one of these like Nigel Dion kind of destroyers, but he's a really good footballer. Yeah, like my eye on him now. I think he would have been a good one to get in a couple of weeks ago before you start copping onto it. Yeah. But even now, like five and a half million getting him in, and he's like we were saying before, it's so hard to choose because they chop and change so much. But like he seems to be the most settled in, in terms of Pep seems to more often than not pick him. Rodri played, but Rodri does there's no point. Rodri might as well be 1.5 million quid because he's never going to do anything. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, whereas Gundogan is now playing ahead of him, and even though you might think um, that he's defensively minded, he's actually not. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just gonna try to have a quick look and see if anyone in our our league actually have Gundogan in the team. I think one lad did. You know, I think I still have this stigma in my head about how injury prone he is. Yeah, like when he arrived from from Dortmund, like he was like Hargreaves part two. You know, <laughs> he, he couldn't get any sort of a run without. Uh, without getting some sort of a knee injury. So I, I don't know, it just hovers in the back of my mind. Yeah, and it was one of those bizarre ones where, remember then, like he, he had had a few niggly injuries and then he got a really bad one where he was out for like nearly a year. And like the following match then, all the players wore jerseys with Gundogan on it. As if he got it. 
like he was after dying or something. Like, it was bizarre. I know, like, Donica. It's it's ridiculous. It was just it was just an injury, you know. It, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When when Depay Depay um, when he scored for Holland or and, he, and he's oh yeah Leon the the message for Van Dyke's oh like do you know what man you're good mates send him a text message give him a phone yeah. call I'm probably bored <laughs> got an AC like yeah. just don't get this thinking of you oh it's so <laughs> self-serving it's like you know oh happy birthday to my bestie and tag them on six photos on Instagram because you want attention it's like oh look you have a friend. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm like I'm like the Jack podcast, aren't I? I'm like the grumpy fuck. <laughs> yes, Mister Sherman. Everything stinks. <laughs> we should have the grump corner every week or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter who, what, no matter what guest is on, or no matter what lad from the the, the groups on, Donica just comes on for two minutes, throws <laughs> in yeah. something, and then gets out. Other than that, I'm very satisfied and content with life in general, so it's all good, you know. <laughs> good to hear. Um, <laughs> when, it, when, it, when it comes to making decisions, then obviously, Donica, you were saying you had Vardy and De Bruyne the same as myself. Are you looking to get the two of them out then straight away? So I, I did something stupid because I just felt so annoyed at myself that I missed the Diaz train in that I've already made two transfers and there's a week to go before the next <clears throat> week. So um, I've kicked out, um, yeah, strike as I, as I mentioned, I've kicked out Vardy and now I'm going to sit on the FA Cup this week and I've got to basically get a replacement for De Bruyne. I really, really don't want to put Fernandez in. Right now, the guy I'm thinking of is Jack Grealish, um, and the striker that I brought in was is Ollie Watkins as well. Um, Villa are, are, are going to be catching up and playing a lot of games, and they've got not a bad run, um, and they're a bloody good side too. So, I think I think that's what we're all waiting for at the moment is to see the double game weeks again for Villa. City are obviously because they have a game in hand; they'll be playing a double game week possibly as well. Um, so again, kind of my thinking at the moment is. Will I try to get some of the Villa lads in now over the next couple of weeks? Because it's going to be a double game week there. Same with maybe try to get someone else in for, for De Bruyne from, from City. Um, I don't know if, if that's the... Obviously, I think Bodie actually have a couple of Villa lads, the, the two Daves already. So are you planning on keeping them in or are you planning on a few more rotations? I'm definitely planning on keeping the, the couple of Villa lads I have. Um, like that... Like there's there's a good few game weeks coming up in quick succession now over the next couple of weeks, um, and Villa have one of the nicest runs over that period. Um, so yeah, like I'm gonna stick with Martinez and Grealish, and like depending on how the weeks go, like Watkins is a great shout as well. Um, I think he's only about six point one at the moment, where like for for low priced strikers, that's that's one of the best shouts you can have in terms of it's a lot cheaper than most lads you'll have um yeah so i think villa is definitely that's a great shout to be be sticking with them and that's definitely what i'm talking about yeah same here i mean i i think you'd be you'd be mental to get rid of martinez at this point um and and Grealish is just it's just quality um, he's just so dangerous you know and new they're playing newcastle newcastle are in shocking form um, yeah, yeah. The thing is, with with Martinez and, and Grealish, they're solid. Where whereas Watkins is just a bonus. 
you know so yeah exactly yeah uh, yeah i'll be i'll be sticking guys question for the floor i was thinking this the other day is it martinez or martinez is it because i'm thinking because he's argentinian isn't he i'll just call him emmy yeah. You need you need to get a you need a hobby, guys. I swear to God, this is the hobby. This is the hobby, then. This is the Google that shit. I'm like, not sure. I, I would normally have gone Martinez, but a lot of people seem to call him Martinez, so mm. I'm not really sure. I I would say if you're being specific, I'd say it probably is Martinez. Here's a bigger question. How did that guy stay at Arsenal for a decade and play one Premier League game? That was crazy. That's crazy. That makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, must Con- considering love, considering love. the the nightmare that they have had with goalkeepers since. Yeah, and uh, even even the signing yeah, they've made literally today. Remember we were saying earlier, like they're after getting Matt Ryan on loan from Brighton, like. He's he's an Arsenal fanboy. He well, sorry, fanboy's a disrespectful kind of term. He's an Arsenal fan, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Like he just probably just wanted to wear the trackies um for six months because I can't imagine he's gonna he's gonna take Leno's spot anytime soon. It's a yeah. really curious transfer. Uh, I was really surprised by it. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Yeah. First of all, I I didn't even realize he was dropped at the time until. Yeah. It was kind of back-to-back games that he, I had him in my team at the start. Him and Alex McCarthy were my two rotating keepers, and then he got dropped, and I just never swapped them out. Yeah, he was a great shout for a lot of the early parts of the season. It was, it was, it was mad that he got dropped, and it was so emphatically dropped. It wasn't just okay, we're going to drop you for a game or two. It was just like mm. you're not playing for us anymore. That's game over. Mm. Yeah. Was there obviously something going on behind the scenes? Is there? Or... That like nothing has come out, but <laughs> it does seem like that. Yeah, we're going to be starting rumors on the internet, lads. You know, only, like it's only it's only the second pod. We don't want to get like any litigation letters. Officially, officially, the first one done. Oh, sure. Do a few trial runs beforehand. Um, yeah, just before I suppose we uh, we we wrap it up. Um, we always plan to to try fill in a, a lot more than, than than we do. We don't don't actually get to it. Um, kind of, I don't know what. Did, did you guys have Kane and Son in your teams before you did your, your wild cards? Because obviously they're only playing once in the game week or um, did you keep them in or are you planning to try bring them back in? Because my side of things, I was, I was looking to bring them straight back in pretty much and it's kind of worked out well with Vardy, obviously um, out injured, De Bruyne out injured and you're saving a bit of cash as well. Yeah. I Son in and didn't leave... Oh, Something would have, something bad would have to happen to Son for me to take him out. To be honest, yeah, I had both of them coming into this week, um, and it was just because it was such a such a big double game week in terms of there were so many teams with two games that that he was one of the ones. Uh, Son, I had Son and Kane, and I decided I was going to get rid of one of them just to try and maximise the amount of the players I had with double game weeks. Um, so obviously, I was delighted that I kept kept Kane rather than Son. Um, but yeah, straight away, like Son is someone that I'd be looking to get back in quite soon because um, the two of them have been in phenomenal form this season. Um, and I think they have a decent enough run coming up. So yeah, definitely I'll be looking to get Son back in relatively soon, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, it's going out. And Kane, Kane is going absolutely nowhere for me for the rest of the season. Like if you look, if you look, the, the differences that, that um, Fancy have made this year to 
put a lot of attackers back into the midfield, which means like if you look at the strikers, there's actually like look at the top most expensive strikers, right? Kane, yes. Aguero got coronavirus now, but hasn't featured this season. Vardy injured. Firmino can't score. Werner can't score. Jesus can't score. Martial can't score. Ings quality. Um, Lacazette, Jimenez, Cavani. Like, there's no one in there that, like, that. that's down to 8 million quid. So there's a lot of guys below that. You've got Bamford, you've got Wilson, you've got Antonio, you've got even Neil Mopai at Brighton. Um, so I'm happy that Kane is going to be my expensive striker from now to the end of the season. Uh, unless he's injured, he's going nowhere. Mm. And we'll see about Son. Son might come back in. I'm not really sure yet. Love mm-hmm. him as a player. Great player. Yeah. Um, Great player, Bill. <laughs> Uh, just before we finish up, I'm going to ask you quickly, who's been your fantasy football signing of the season? Might start with Dave Bent. Don't. <laughs> don't, don't start. Don't start. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, do you know what? But, 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 by the way, reliable, t- reliable Tailman's. Tailman's. Uh, yeah, I love him. Like, I haven't, I haven't budged him, but he, he's just so reliable. Yeah, have you had him in since the start or thereabouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah thereabouts. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've, I, I had him from the very beginning, but um, if not, pretty, pretty soon afterwards. Um, like I, I've, I've shifted keepers, I've shifted fullbacks, I've, uh, you know, whipped out United players. I, you know, went with, you know. There was just stupid signings that were getting me nothing, um, just from not playing. Like Van de Beek is a perfect example. I wanted him to succeed so well, and it's just been a waste of time. Um, I had an obsession. I've had an obsession with putting Naby Keita in my fantasy football team in the past. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's that kind of thing, you know. It's that kind of thing. It's so bad. Um, His little icon starts disappearing when you select him now. He's kind of like transparent. <laughs> Um, but you know, yeah, making kind of some of the more um, the more clever moves and taking some tips off off you lads has made all the difference. Um, I, but so far, um, Tillman's has been excellent. Yeah, uh, O'Hara. Um, obviously, this week aside, because I could make arguments for most of the players that I have currently, but. <laughs> like your man Pereira, like you know, he has 24 points from this double game week, but as I said, he's done next to nothing for the whole season. Um, so I think there's been one or two, like I've had I've had Justin and Callum Wilson since the very start, both like I, I, I've always liked Wilson when he was with Bournemouth, I've always kind of had a soft spot for Bournemouth, so I, I've always kind of had a good eye on him. Um, so I thought he would. He wouldn't need a betting in period at Newcastle. Um, and then I went with Justin because I think he had played a few of their preseason games because Pereira was injured. And he was only, I, I can't remember exact, exactly the price, but he was very cheap starting off. And I think it was like four mil, I think. I think that, uh, that's what I was going to say, but I wasn't 100% sure. I think he was four starting off, mm. which was ideal. I think. Um, so I think the two of those, in terms of ones from the very start of the season, and throughout the season, I think I can't even remember who I had in goals, but I had someone 
I'd normally, like we had said before, I'd normally have the keepers well set up in, like like Tonica was saying, like maybe rotating it between McCarthy and Matt Ryan or something like that. I'd always try and find a good pair that you can rotate. Um, I actually can't even remember who I had, but whoever I had was doing absolutely nothing for me. So whenever I eventually changed to Martinez, that's that's been a great signing then for me then as well. Brilliant. Yeah, my two, um, James Justin uh, from the start, and like Callum Wilson up until two weeks ago. Um, but for me, James Justin's probably been the best pick. Excellent. Short, short and sweet. <laughs> um, what would you go well, for, Greg? What was yours? I suppose just looking back here, I had Son on the first week of the season, and then I rotated. Obviously, the next game we could think it was was the Southampton game where he. Scored four goals. Pretty sure Dave had him as captain as well that week. Um, so I then obviously brought Sam back in the week after. I think he came off at half time, took him out, came back. He came back in the week after, scored another two. Then I put him back in. So I can't really take credit for for Son being a good sign because he didn't really get me that many points at the start. Um, just looking here, like the only reliable signing, and it's been a signing since day one, is Fernandez in terms of. The return, like he gets me pretty much double digits every every week, every second week. Um, apart from that, I've just been so inconsistent, hence why I'm 33rd in the league and probably shouldn't be offering advice. <laughs> cover for an Irishman on an internationally acclaimed podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, don't don't listen to any advice I give unless unless I pip O'Hara to manager of the month this month. Exactly. exactly. Um, that's that's my only hope at the moment. <laughs> Anyways, lads, thanks um so much for making the the fantasy kickabout podcast and the first official podcast um an enjoyable one, a good chats, good banter. And like I said, we could happily sit here for like we did in the trial runs for three, four hours. Um we could easily do that every week, but we look forward to to having you back on and chatting more fantasy football. Um best luck with the weekend and enjoy the game, lads. Thanks, man. Thanks, lads. Cheers. All the best. Peace.